<laughs> oh yeah. So what are we going to call that episode? This is going to be so. This is going to be cut into like three <laughs> episodes, and we're we're naming an episode that people have listened to two episodes ago. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, Skynet maybe. Skynet Probably is here. Skynet, Skynet yeah, is here. Skynet is here. Yeah, I think that's that's got to be the, the name. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast episode 35, recorded on June 30th, 2021. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we talk about our feelings on GitHub Copilot and more. I record, there's a few minutes of, uh, of, of, uh, of comedy gems prior to, uh, <laughs> to your joining that are on my audacity. Okay, we will, I will have fun listening to those. But hang on, I want to see the, ca- did you get a no, haircut? No, 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 so my, my haircut's talk? at 2.05, uh, which is. Oh, uh, uh, that's right, it's, it's after today. Well, okay, then I still want to see your hair because it's going to be the last time I get to see it super long before you go back to regular Connor hair. So where, turn your camera yeah, on. Yeah, my camera is on. So I'm in Edge right now because Chrome uh, Chrome is just like I can click on the Google Meet thing and then it doesn't like the screen is frozen. Uh, so I think it, this one's using the camera so it won't let Edge. So now if I do that... Hey, there we go. Hey, hey, there you are. Well, you, it sounds like you need a new computer uh, <laughs> or a new browser I probably, or a new something. I, I probably do need a, um, just making sure, yes, I am recording. All right, we're good to go. Yes, I probably do need a new computer. This this laptop is, ooh, 2017. Um, My laptop's 2017. It works perfectly fine. I have a Lenovo... 25 year anniversary edition which was like a limited series run what 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 brand did you say it's a lenovo oh i thought you said lenovo and i was like that's i might have said lenovo that's not how that that's not how that company is pronounced although (laughs) that company doesn't exist anymore didn't they get acquired by like ibm or something yeah i you you are no i you ThinkPad, the ThinkPad division of IBM, which made great laptops, was sold to Lenovo, not uh, <laughs> Lenovo, and um, and they made a 25-year anniversary edition ThinkPad, which has the tr- the classic ThinkPad keyboard, and I bought one, and uh, I'm quite happy with it. That's good. They got that little uh, yeah. track thingy, red dot in the middle. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's got my trackball. You're very excited about and that. And it not only at the trackball that when they ship it to you, they ship you, uh, they shipped you the different trackball heads from all the different eras of ThinkPad so that you could use whichever one you wanted. Why are you so excited about it and all the different versions that you got? Nostalgia, man, nostalgia. How can you not be excited about nostalgia? Those, the, those good old like old school ThinkPads, like you know, those were good laptops. They could physically beat up other laptops. <laughs> Not sure that's a that's a good thing. Um, did you use the little uh, what is it called trackball versus a, a touchpad? Oh yeah, well because my my uh, the the Lenovo ThinkPad the W five ten that I've used for most of my career, it is on its second screen. And at some point during the course of the many times that I've opened that sucker up, I think I did something to the um, uh, 
to the mouse pad that caught the long story short the mouse pad no longer works only the trackball works <laughs> so yeah i'm pretty familiar with it that's one way to learn yeah one way to learn break the uh, touchpad yeah yeah so what do you think about this github copilot thing i don't even know what is this how do you are, do you live under a rock are you not on Twitter 24-7 like I am? I mean, I use GitHub for my day job, so uh, I, if there's something that happened yeah. to GitHub, I thought I would definitely Audience, know. you Audience, you are in for a treat because Connor is about to get exposed to GitHub Copilot um, for the first time live on this podcast. <laughs> I, I am going to send you the link, and then I'm just going to... I'm just gonna sit. Wait, is there? Where's the chat thingy? Where's the chat thingy? Yeah, Google keeps on changing. There, we're recording this in Google Meet, and uh... <laughs> you know what? I think maybe we're done with Google Meet. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe the fact that your laptop can no longer join it, and that I cannot find the chat thing. All right, I just I just Twitter DM'd you um, the uh, the link. God, you know. I liked it back in the day when the way that you communicated with everybody was text message. Whereas, like, today, like, I have one group of friends that communicates with me over Twitter DMs. That's probably most people. Then I got another group that does it over Slack. Another group that does it over Discord. Then Hana uses Facebook Messenger with with me. That's the only person that I use Facebook Messenger with, which is a little bit convenient because if I get a Facebook Messenger uh, Messenger notification, I know that it's Hana. And then, like, I got, like, two people that use Signal and, like, one person that uses WhatsApp. It's just, like, it's too many things. It's too many things. All right. All right. Are you looking at this? I literally have to go to my phone because, like, Chrome, I don't know what Chrome is doing, but <laughs> Chrome, uh, did, oh, yeah, I sent you a link. Your AI pair programmer. Yeah. Yeah. So. What? So, for those, for those who are listening. <laughs> GitHub Copilot. Is this a joke? Is, it is not a joke. It is not a joke. It is a very real thing. GitHub Copilot is an an AI that uh, suggests uh, code for you while you're like typing out code. I haven't tried it out yet. Um, I'm just hating on it on the internet, so I don't know much about it, but. The little examples on their website show like you type out like a comment or you start typing out like the signature for a function and it like does its AI magic and goes and figures out what the function should be based on that. I don't, uh, this seems like, uh, this seems like a, could be going, could go terribly wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like what is this based on? Is this based on Stack Overflow or like? No, it's, you know, that's the, that's the best part. It's trained on like code on github and they say in their disclaimer that um you know it's trained on this large database of code and that usually it won't do this but sometimes sometimes it will suggest a snippet of code that is exactly taken from some of the code that it was trained on and so people on twitter very rapidly figured out oh hey what happened like what is what are the licensing implications of that if your AI uh, pair programmer <laughs> suggests some GPL licensed code, like, are you, is your code now GPL licensed? So. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I feel like they, you know, they talk about, you know, 
biased algorithms, which is really just biased data. And like this seems like it's just going to... I feel like there's probably more bad code on GitHub than there is good code. <laughs> I feel like... And I, I can say that because I have a lot of garbage code that I put on GitHub that I'm just like, ah, oh, we need to put this somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just... Uh, you know, the world world doesn't need to see it, but I need to put this somewhere, and it's going to go on GitHub. And if you look at some of the code that I put on from years ago, it's just awful. Uh, I think Odin Holmes, too, he, in one of his talks, mentions that, like, all of the code on his GitHub is just awful. Um, oh, yeah, all the code <laughs> on my GitHub. I have code on my GitHub from, like, 2011 when I was a little squirt, and, like, pff, that code is, yeah, that's that's rough. That is rough code. Yeah. So like this it just seems like a terrible a terrible idea. It's like where could we find some really low quality code and let's train <laughs> train our AI to write code like that. It gets better. The one of the examples on their like launch page um uh, shows an example of a function that is dealing with quantities of money and it's using floating point numbers to represent quantities of money. <laughs> For those for those who may be unfamiliar, uh, floating point is not a uh, is not a suitable data type to store quantities of money because um, uh, floating point can lose you know it can start to lose information and like the last thing you want is to lose a few cents it when you're. Uh, uh, computing financial transactions because it may not seem like much, but like over time it starts adding up and then, uh, and then like bad things happen. <laughs> They've got little, uh, what do they call them? Um, testimonials. GitHub Copilot discovered that a test file I was working on was missing a specific test and suggested and wrote the test for me. What? <laughs> 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 that doesn't sound right. Like, you were just in a file, and then Copilot was like, "Hey, are you missing this test? I wrote it for like that doesn't something doesn't add up here." I uh, yeah. I uh, what day is it? Maybe it's maybe it's not an AI. Maybe it's actually just some guy in a room. <laughs> I'm impressed by how GitHub Copilot seems to know exactly what I want to type next. Well, that that's concerning. That's not imp that's not impressive. <laughs> We've got a problem here. <laughs> you should be checking somebody, the. You should be checking the back of your neck to see if you got something plugged into you, man. Somebody, somebody wrote somewhere something to the effect of, um, "Well, at least the rise of Skynet will be well documented." <laughs> Skynet is a reference to the uh, uh, the general artificial intelligence in the Terminator series of movies that. Uh, destroys uh, a large chunk of humanity by starting uh, by launching all the nukes and then uh, tries to destroy the rest of humanity by sending Arnold Schwarzenegger back in time to uh, to kill some people from the uh, 80s. The uh, the 3% of our audience that didn't know appreciates that explanation. <laughs> Although what percentage of our audience do you think actually doesn't know what Skynet is? Well, so so you know I it I think that it's always important to give context um, and to like not make assumptions about what people know. Um, the one of the places where this comes up so frequently for me is acronyms, um, mm. and like I'm I'm super bold about it. TLA. You use an a yeah yeah TLA. So there's a great story. One of the people that 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 um, that Connor works with, Mark Harris. Um, Mark has been at Nvidia for. Um, 
oh, for many years, well over a decade, maybe close to two decades. Yeah, it's like 17 um, or 18. He, he's, he was one of the founding figures of the GPGPU movement. Um, uh, you know, he, he's one of the people responsible for um, popularizing uh, CUDA and wrote a lot of the literature about it. And um, Coined the term when, GPGPU, actually. Yeah, he did. And uh, when I... When I started at NVIDIA, him and I had an interaction where we were talking about something, and I sent him an email, and I said, um, well, what about UVM? UVM stands for Unified Virtual Memory, uh, which is like the internal acronym for what we call CUDA Unified Memory. And he sent me back an email that just said, you shouldn't use TLAs. And I sent him an email saying, what is TLA? He sent me back an email that simply said three letter acronym. <laughs> and I just, that was just it. I was just like, wow, you got me. You got me good. So if, if, if somebody uses an acronym on Twitter or something, like I'm, I'm pretty bold about like, I'll just go and ask them. Like I was reading a twed, a, a, a twed, a thread. Lenova and a twed. <laughs> a thread from somebody. And uh, they used the acronym TC, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what TC is. I think there's like a TC39, which is maybe some JavaScript committee. And like to me, like TC and like the ISO sense can mean like technical committee, but I'm like, that's not what they mean. So I'm like, I better ask, and I just asked, and it, it, it like they meant total compensation. But I was just like, like, I, and I get it. It's a tweet. Like you, you got a limited number of characters. Like you got to abbreviate sometimes. And so, like, I don't fault anybody for for that, but um, but yeah, acronyms acronyms are are not my favorite thing. You'll you'll notice that I I go out of my way to avoid saying Lug, which is the name of the C committee's library evolution group. I instead say library evolution because Lug is a term that you only understand. Library evolution working group is what it stands for. You only understand that acronym if, like, you're on the committee. And uh, li- likewise, like, I'm not a big fan of uh, I'm not a big fan of the degree to which the C++ committee uses uh, esoteric numbers for things. Somebody will be like, "Oh, well, we should, you know, we should ask SG16 what that is." And if you're not on the C++ committee. Like what SG sixteen does not have meaning to you, yeah. and it's just like a series of random letters and numbers. Yep. That sentence is a lot more accessible if you say, "Oh, we should ask the text and Unicode study group what that means," or even just like the text study group what that means. Um, and like even the name of the C plus plus committee, WG twenty one. You know, people send an email about like something something WG twenty one. Like just say C plus plus for the C plus plus committee. Um, and you know, we do use paper numbers for a lot of things and the numbers are useful. Like it's super useful to have like a reference number for, for stuff like papers. Um, but, uh, one of the common, the, the common requests whenever people, uh, whenever there's like some discussion about a paper, you know, if, if somebody doesn't put the title of the paper in the email subject line, or like they don't mention the title of the paper when they're talking about it, somebody will almost inevitably be like, what what paper are we talking about? Like I don't know what that number references. I don't know what the subject is that we're discussing. And like, yeah, does it mean like you have to be a little bit more verbose to expand these things out? Sure, 
like typing library evolution instead of L-E-W-G. Like, yeah, that it's a few more characters. Um, but like, I, I usually, I usually don't mind those extra characters. It's also fine too, because Copilot's going to be here soon for just our regular text <laughs> and, uh, we're not going to have to type anything. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, are we so hostile to Copilot because Copilot's actually a bad idea or because like some part of us deep down is like, oh, only humans can do this. And like, there's some deep down guttural response that's like, oh, we got to protect our job security. Nah. I, well, my reaction is just, uh, I mean, it's the same reaction that I have to, you know, regular society and algorithms. It's like, oh, we're going to train this AI to do this based on the last 30 years of data. Well, let's take a look back and see how humans did for the last 30 years. <laughs> and the answer is terribly. And so we're going to train these AIs to have all the, you know, embedded bias and prejudice and oppression, uh, uh, you know, all, all that stuff. In, in their in their defense, though, um, I saw, um, uh, what's the name of the, Timnit, uh, the, 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 the AI bias researcher who was fired from Google recently. Uh, the one with the paper? Yeah. Uh, I do not know that individual's name, but yes, I know. Yeah. We, we, uh... I think it's, a, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I, I know it. I, I just can't pronounce it. Timnit, Timnit, Gebru. I'm sure I'm butchering that. And I'm I'm terribly sorry. She she tweeted something um, uh, mentioning the fact that GitHub Copilot um, happened to cite one of her papers on AI bias, um, like very prominently cited in the one of the pages on their um, on their site that described how it worked. And she her remark was something like. Hey, you know, the, this paper got me fired from one company and there's another company that's, you know, citing it. Um, so at the very least, I think they're aware of that. And and wh- while we are, you know, trashing on GitHub Copilot a bit, um, uh, uh, I, I do I do feel that, that we're perhaps being a little bit unfair. I mean, I think it is a very cool technology and a lot of people have put um, uh, a ton of work into it. And um, I think that uh, that... There is a lot of potential there. Um, I saw an amazing talk a few years ago about this this thing that I think was called like angelic programming, and the idea would, was that like you would write, you would write in somehow an expression of constraints or something or requirements, and then like the programming language or the system would figure out what the code was supposed to do based on that. Um, uh, and and so like like. Uh, it's not that I think that this is a bad idea. It's just that I think that there's a lot of um, of challenges and open questions uh, and potential for, for abuse and harm under the hood here. Like the whole licensing question around it really scares me. Um, uh, and, and maybe it shouldn't. Maybe like I'm overreacting. But um, I think like we're sort of in untested waters there um, for what exactly that means. And, um, and yeah, like, like the quality of what you'll get out of it, you know, you know, um, it's, it's, it's probably been trained in a lot of code that contains security vulnerabilities and, um, uh, you know, memory safety violations and stuff like that. And so you got to think about that. Um, but, uh, that said, I mean, I think, I think tools like this are probably the future of how we'll, we'll program. Um, and so of course, you know, 
this being the first big one to be launched, you know, it's going to have some problems. Um, and we're going to probably all be skeptical about it for a while. And um, probably it'll lead to some, you know, some bad PRs and some mistakes. But who knows where it'll be like 10, 20 years from now. I mean, I think, I think it's a super smart move by GitHub um, to, to invest in something like this. Um, uh, you know, this, I think it, it's really brilliant usage of their platform and uh, uh, the, the data that they have available through their platform. Um, I would, I, I really would like to see them, though, spend some cycles making GitHub search not so terrible. <laughs> like, I, I get it. Cool. You guys made, made an AI that can pair program with me. That's great. But all that I would really like is to be able to search for C++ expressions on GitHub that are not simple identifiers and get coherent results. Like, please, pretty please, I would like to be able to search for, you know, some C++ expression that contains non-alphanumeric characters and have it <laughs> not just filter out all the non-alphanumeric characters. Um, yeah, so please, yeah. please, folks. And and, and, please and do some, like, deduplication because, like, inevitably you search for something and then, like, there's 40, 40 pages of, like, you know, page number one to page number 40 is all the same library that's just been forked a thousand times. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this, this actually makes me think of, um, so my, my, my predecessor in library evolution, the, the former library evolution chair, Titus Winters, um, he's a huge believer in, uh, in software engineering tooling. Um, I'd say he, like, he's one of the, the, the leading uh, voices and advocates uh, for uh, the power of tools and, and automation in, um, uh, in software engineering and how that can change how you write code. So like the basic premise is like, hey, you know, making breaking changes are hard, but imagine if we had tools that could automatically, you know, refactor code so that we could make breaking changes or, you know, evaluating how, what the impact of a change will be is hard. So imagine if we had, you know, tools that gave us great insight and visibility into our code bases. And so at Google, they have this code search engine which from every time I've seen it been used has just been absolutely fabulous. And every now and then uh, on the C++ committee, there's been a time when the committee's asked some question like, you know, well, it would be nice if we could do X, but, um, you know, if we did that, maybe there'd be these edge cases that we'd have to worry about. Or like, you know, maybe a better example, like, let's deprecate X. And then somebody's like, oh, but X is still used. And then like, how do you disprove that? And then inevitably some, one of the Google people on the committee will go start typing in their keyboard and they'll be like, I just searched our entire code base and I found a hundred uses of X. And relative to the size of our code base, that means that it's essentially not used anywhere. And just that ability of being able, like imagine that you're in a meeting talking about um, some design decision that you're going to make and just imagine being able to go and just search like the code base, like n- not all code in the world, but like 
a, a representative size of code to be able to search it and answer some query about like how frequently is this pattern used? How frequently is this function called with this type of arguments? Like just imagine being able to get answers to that very rapidly. It would totally change how we would make decisions about uh, software evolution. Yeah, it's a super powerful tool. Amazon has something yeah. similar. I don't think it's as uh, polished as Google's, but... <laughs> NVIDIA has something similar called uh, NVGrok, and uh, yeah, it's not as polished as Google's. <laughs> but, but what I really want is I really want the, the open source version of that. And, I, and there used to be some open, Google used to run some open version of this called like Google Code Search or something. Maybe it's still around. Um, I seem to recall using it at some point in the past, but um, what I really want, you know, what ultimately what we really want is we want to be able to go and search through GitHub and like do these queries on GitHub, um, but it's just not really, not really possible and feasible today with with the way that the with the limitations of the search API. Yep, yep. Well, uh, well. So wait, what should we? Uh, I'll say one more thing, and then we need to figure out what to call this this little <laughs> thirty minute episode. Uh, so I I tried to um, sign up for this co pilot because what I want to see if I type into my C program a comment that says some the elements of this vector put a little pointy arrow to the vector above <laughs> uh will it give me a for loop or will it give me uh std accumulate that's what i want to know and that'll that'll if it gives me a std accumulate i'm 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 sign me up uh i'll i'll have code i'll have this what, what about range based for loop is range based for loop acceptable no oh no you, you said you said an accumulation pattern yeah okay yeah. i meant like i was thinking like more for each pattern Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed and have a great day.